a safe space, curated for us and by us. You are listening to Blacks with... Our emotions have a vibratory frequency to them. There are only two emotions that humankind experience. Fear and love. All other emotions branch either directly or indirectly from these two emotions. Fear has a long and slow frequency vibration to it, while love has a very rapid and high frequency. Music. Art. And black culture. You are listening to Blacks with Blues. Justin Jones, and you are listening to the conversation that is Blacks with Blues. In the studio today, I have my co-host Alyssa Osasere here to speak on what it means to be black and angry, and most importantly, not having a safe space to articulate those emotions. So this is the first installation to a series of episodes that give room for that exactly, a place for young black individuals to express their anger from white liberals to inauthenticity to familial struggles to white allies. We are here to speak on what makes us angry and not be blackballed or stigmatized or prosecuted for those emotions. So today's episode is for us, by us, and for you too. So with that being said, I just have one question. What y'all mad about today?
welcoming to the conversation. Miss Alyssa Ossesari, we are here to speak on what makes us mad. Getting but out. first, <laughs> <laughs> what even is being mad? Like, it's an emotion. It is. You know, something interesting I heard about anger is that it stems from fear. Mm. And having a fear come true or, like, invalidated. Interesting. And it's just acting on that. Which is why people are like, don't immediately get angry. Because it's like, the fear sometimes is irrational, sometimes it's not. But it's just like, you gotta, you gotta ground yourself and really think about why so you're mad. So anger is like a spin-off emotion to fear. Mm-hmm. I want to keep that in mind as we talk about what we're mad about today. One thing I like to think about when it comes to anger is the fact that I'm not always allowed to be angry. And mm-hmm. speak on what I'm angry about. So that's what this episode is dedicated to black people Mm -hmm. you and i speaking on what makes us mad today really quick first i just want you to tell me uh what that even means this whole title what y'all mad about today it's just a way in the context of blacks with blues it's just a way for people to vent and give themselves a space to be angry when they're not allowed that in other places and through that anger working through deeper emotions like fear and other things that are underlying and hopefully getting somewhere. If not immediately, then, you know, after the conversation has ended and, you know, turning that into something that can help build. That's how I see it. That's real. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar with what it's like to be a black individual around your family. Well, I mean, when they're already uh, black, it's kind of like. Well, you know, (laughs) just like, well, specifically for a black individual around the holidays, around your family, and you're the kind of black individual who is always deemed as alternative or the other compared to the rest of your family. This is what we're getting ready to go into. So what are the microaggressions that you experience around the holiday times with your family that a lot of people I feel like aren't really privy to that? Because, you know, unlike us, some people they are immersed around their families during the holidays and it's a joyous occasion and i still love to be around my family but it's a lot of you know it's a lot of fear and anger surrounding that climate of holiday joy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what it is it's pretty much my immediate family who consistently gets together nowadays and it's just always funny to me when i like hear about people talk about their aunts and uncles and cousins all coming over and it's like that like doesn't really happen anymore for me like there was a time when that was like that but nah and within that it's like it makes that whole the disconnects I do have with my family more concentrated because there's fewer people for me to be around and with those fewer people it's like okay now I really 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 gotta be like this upright college student who has it all together and like has a job already or is at least getting a job already and it's just like you know praying as much as I should be or like you know going to church and doing all this amazing things and Mm -hmm. or even just like you know not spending so much time on something that I feel like is such an integral part to my life Mm -hmm. art (laughs) you know so there's an expectation for within your family to One, be a good student and breathe this (laughs) respectable, praising individual who does not practice art and also just practices something a lot more plausible than art to them. Right. It's not. Yeah, it's not that art isn't. It's not like they don't approve of my art. It's more so that like and my mom says this to all to me all the time. It's like, oh, you know, I feel like art will always be a part of your life, but you have so many other skills and I feel like that's going to be your career. And Mm. I'm like okay <laughs> it's like literally just okay mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not disappointed with that or anything or like mad because it's like you know i like exploring other things but i just feel like sometimes i don't connect with my family members on certain things as much because the things are that are so important to me are kind of looked at as like at best immature mm-hmm. at worst like a waste of my time you know mm-hmm. and it's like it sucks because like these things have got me through so much shit Mm-hmm. within the family my coping mechanism is basically to you mm-hmm. worthless yeah pretty when much this is the way my life mm-hmm. functions exactly so like- set the scene what is it like at 
a family function around the holidays for you. You can you can this can be a combination of Thanksgiving and Christmas because you go Thanksgiving twenty seventeen. <laughs> Thanksgiving, yeah, we we both just experienced really weird Thanksgivings on our own time. So yeah. explain to me what that was like for you within your family. So I think oh something I really didn't touch on that I, that really hit me. Maybe I mentally blocked this out, but how I deal with my mental health struggles compared to the rest of my family. Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing black families traditionally don't acknowledge is mental all. health. Right, right. And, like, I've been having mental health, like, issues of some sort, like, since middle school. Mm-hmm. But I never really thought of them as anything until I got to college because that was when it started actively affecting, like, my ability to do things. And my the, I can't, they can't let it affect my ability to do things because if there's that then uh oh I'm not being a good student mm-hmm. if I'm not being a good student I won't get a job uh oh mm-hmm. disappointment to the family so I never really talked about it with my parents especially my brothers it's like hints but they don't really pick up on that as much mm-hmm. or they don't want to talk about it as in deeply but before Thanksgiving I had a really 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 bad episode like d- depressive episode it got really bad like so bad that I had to like I don't know how, but I had the energy to, like, admit myself to the university health service hospital thingy Mm -hmm. so I could see somebody. And when I did, they were like, okay, you've been here before for a similar reason. Uh, So I think and the first time we, like, mentioned medication. You want to try it again this time? And at this point, I'm a senior. I'm trying to graduate. I know, like, life is going to hit me real hard once I graduate. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, if this medication will get me to a point where I can, like, do my fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Because they've gotten to the point where I can't even draw as much lately. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if that's gone, then it's like, what's even the point? I can't even listen to music like I used to. It's like, I'm just, like, a void, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, if it'll, like, get me to a functional level, that's fine. So I agreed. Parents found out about the medication due to a fluke in the, um contact information mm-hmm. so they, they, the home phone was called and they said oh your daughter no Alyssa your prescription of blah 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 is ready at CVS in Ann Arbor and they they called me like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. what the fuck is this and I was like don't hate me <laughs> please because <laughs> of the kind of family who was very much like if you have mental health struggles you can pray them away because it's a spirit mm-hmm. and it's like on some level yeah spirituality can help mental illness it can be a coping mechanism but Mm -hmm. for something as simple as like me just staring at a screen for 12 hours not being able to move you Mm -hmm. know or not being able to get out of bed even though i know i need to and want to like i don't know i don't know how much prayer is gonna do that Mm -hmm. i just don't so thanksgiving break was really uncomfortable for me because that was like an elephant in the room the whole Mm -hmm. time and i was still trying to be like oh you know i'm doing my best at school you know a couple like slip ups here and there but you know with the medications i don't know if i'll take them i might and then that ended up having to like collapse because i was really just like okay i can't put on this front anymore y'all mm-hmm. need to really know what the fuck is going which on. which introduces the whole idea of not being completely authentic around your family mm-hmm. and can i just point out the fact that yeah. like fear was introduced into that whole theme of the story because it was first a fear of not being a good student to your family and not mm-hmm. being a just respectable person within your family then it was the fear of them finding out that I'm not this perfect person. Yeah. I, right. I can't do everything that you want me to do because I was never meant to do that. I was meant to do what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, mm-hmm. having to cover that up yeah. around your family, around the holidays, and then fun. beef up being uh, a inauthentic you, which is the you that's everything is fine. Which is like what I felt like I've had to do for so long, especially mm-hmm. since I've been in college. I've been struggling for like I'm a senior now I've been struggling since like maybe beginning of sophomore year mm-hmm. that's two years <laughs> that is two years mm-hmm. of me just like trying to at least get to passing you know mm-hmm. and it's like and then it's you know all those embedded things of like oh well you have to do good in school or else what are you mm-hmm. it gets like okay well I'm not doing so well here it's like what does that mean mm-hmm. so I'm trying to unpack all that but yeah I do think a huge part of authenticity, like why that for a while it was so hard for me to want to come home was because of having to put on that front because I don't do fronts well. Mm-hmm. I can only do a front for so long before I just start like not engaging. Mm-hmm. So I would just like hide in my room all the time and sleep or go out with friends and my family would be like, oh, you never want to see us. And I was like, no, you never really want to see the real me. <laughs> that's what I felt like. And 
luckily I talked to them about things and they they heard me. They mm-hmm. at least heard me, and I think that's a start. Mm-hmm. But you can't help what they don't understand. I guess. Yeah, but I don't know. I had a really interesting conversation about my dad with um, about depression because mm-hmm. we were talking about depression, and it was like we realized, wait, shit. We have like literally the exact same symptoms because mm-hmm. usually people experience depression in different ways. Mm-hmm. Me and him like have the exact same symptoms all the time, and it's like, okay, well then that's this genetic thing, I guess maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he was so much like, you can't take this medication or else it'll mess up your life and you'll get worse. And he's not on any medication, but I see what he's doing, like basically what I have been doing for the past few years, just like not really getting to a level where I'm productive not even productive in the whole like oh you need to work sense but in the like doing things with your life because you want to do things sense and it's like well i wonder if the reason why you're saying you you're just afraid that and this isn't even me advocating for like anything because i'm still just very much like whatever whatever i need to do to get better but it's like you're so against me finding ways to get out of this hole and we're in the same hole. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it felt like, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's been 10 years for him. And it's been like probably 10 years for me too. But just at his level, it's probably been more like four. And it's just like, wow, okay. So this is a lot of fear in here that we need to we need to talk about. But my dad isn't a very emotionally open person. So don't know where I'm going to go with that. But mm-hmm. we, we at least talked about these things, which I thought was important. Because yeah. I never feel like I talked to him about anything. So... Yeah, that is important. So speaking of talking, what is because I've never really personally even asked you, which I kind of always wanted to, because, you know, I've always thought about this, um, your experience with talking to people. You have sought out help before you actually have talked to people before. What is that experience like, especially, you know, you always hear the or at least I have when I was younger. I love talking. So even, you know, facing depression throughout my life, I've always still wanted to talk. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm depressed, but <laughs> I'm still going to like passively talk about it yeah. and go on. You know, um, they people would always joke. You need a counselor. You just need to sit back on a right. chase lounge and have three hours to spare to a person and just pour out your whole life and see if they can fix you. Mm-hmm. What is that experience like? Because I always feel like, you know, especially for black individuals, especially black young individuals, mm-hmm. I think. Master P said it and an interlude and a seat at the table. Uh, black kids don't get rehab. They don't get counseling. Mm-hmm, we have to figure that out. Yeah. So it's always seen as something you can't, because one, you can't even afford it sometimes. And two, it's not even offered to you. Right. So what is it like being, you know, a black person who has actually experienced that side of being able to talk to somebody and receive mm-hmm. help? I think it's definitely like a huge amount of privilege mm-hmm. because I have, I know so many people who are black and want mm-hmm to go into therapy or even just like a psychiatrist or just anybody they can even just vent to for a little bit but just don't have the resources or just don't know where to go because um i don't know it doesn't really take me a lot to open up about certain things Mm -hmm. and for some reason like if i trust the person then it's like the deep deep shit Mm -hmm. doesn't take much for that stuff to come out unless i'm not in the mood for it to talk about it but um I know in Ann Arbor, since I've been in Ann Arbor, it's been a lot more access because they have a shit ton of therapists there because they know that students in general are depressed, which is another rant for another episode because... But they're popping this time of year with SAD coming out. Oh, yeah. And SAD has affected me all my life, too. So the the holidays also being around Mm -hmm. like prime SAD season has never been a great time for me. For those of you who do not know, SAD, also known as SAD, (laughs) is Seasonal Affective Disorder, which Mm -hmm. is an extremely real thing. Mm-hmm. I told my mom about it last month. She was like, that sounds like something you just made up. And I was like, no. you know, the fact that you said that yeah. kind of proves why I need to make this episode. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's so true. Because, like, it's even scientifically proven. Like, there's Michigan doesn't get as much sunlight as other states. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, that's even more, like, covered up, literally. And vitamin D is a source of energy. And we're not getting that vitamin D. And we're tired all the time. And if you're tired, you're like, I don't want to do shit. And if you're already depressed, it just spirals. So, people, listen, it's real. It's real. Anyway. It's a real thing. Oh, I'm so angry. So, back to the... <laughs> it's going to be a lot of tangents. Don't worry. That just... That's what happens when you're mad. <laughs> but... Um, so true. I believe once upon a time you told me that you had a bl- uh, woman 
therapist who is black? Well, um, okay. So I've kind of been in and out of therapy for like a year or so. Mm -hmm. And um, the first therapist I went to, she was an older white woman. And Mm -hmm. she was easy to talk to and everything. But I just felt like I didn't really connect with her on certain things. And it's like, okay, well, these certain things are very integral parts of my personality. Like, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, what I worry about, like feeling like an outcast wherever you go because of like you're not quite enough of anything Mm -hmm. you know or i don't know even just like oh i literally just don't feel safe around white women sometimes because they act a certain way and it's like she's a white woman i don't know Mm -hmm. anyway so i stopped going to her and also she was a little expensive too so and my mom was like um so when are you going to be done with this therapy thing and i was also like oh no i'm being a bad person by going to therapy i can't Mm -hmm. do i can't make my mom sad so fear (laughs) authenticity Yeah. yeah, I just uh... so this time around when I had the really bad episode, I specifically asked for a black or therapist or at least therapist of color, mm-hmm. and there are people at the University Health Service who are like, yeah, yeah, we know this, we we know people. There's this new collective that just set up in Ann Arbor called Amplify Collectivo. Yes, I'm totally advertising these people right now because they're pretty cool, and they're just a collective of women of color of mm-hmm. all ages who just are therapists. And they set me up with a black therapist, and we've only had one session so far because of time, but mm-hmm. it was nice. It was a lot nicer mm-hmm. talking to her, at least, because it's just like, oh, you can get things I say. and mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to explain myself. And be able to talk to a black woman mm-hmm. about being a black woman. Mm-hmm facing whatever you know you're speaking about mm-hmm. within these sessions exactly. i think that's important even if she's a black woman who hasn't necessarily experienced the same thing mm-hmm. i think it's still important to talk to somebody from a similar cloth right right you know and i know the therapists they deal a lot with like mixed identities mm-hmm. and i definitely feel like yeah that's something i've i didn't really think of it much but having two parents from like two different parts of the world even if they're both black that's still mixed in a certain kind of way you know that's true because it's like two totally different worldviews, mm-hmm. two totally different cultures and you just have to like be in the middle and be one at some point wow. and be another at the other points mm-hmm. and it's just that like, brings a whole nother conversation into being the how uh I forget which character that character that is from Nina Simone's four women but I think it's oh, Safrania the mixed girl the mixed girl <laughs> yeah. in between two worlds the I tragic mulatto the tragic mulatto is <laughs> like you yeah. can be a tragic anything as long as you have two experiences that you're living really yeah me the tragic <laughs> black individual who is oftentimes been called a faggot growing up but also trying to still be masculine to a point so i can be respected and fit into that whole black masculine exactly so you can at least like be left alone because exactly. it's like when you fit into stereo- stereotypes so cleanly it's like you can just be left alone. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, why I, I have so much anxiety, especially, like, social anxiety these days, it's, like, I've always feel like I've had to try to fit into something wherever I am. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I have to cover all my bases mm-hmm. in a way. And it's, like, uh, okay, I'm here. I got I to gotta be like this. Okay, I'm here. I got to mm-hmm. be like that. Okay, then what am I? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then dealing with that when you're going through puberty and coming of age, ages, yeah but yeah so what else within the familiar structure makes you mad around the holiday times walls like we all have walls up Mm -hmm. and yet we all have to act like we don't Mm -hmm. and which goes back to the authenticity thing it's like well if you're feeling something just say Mm -hmm. it but it's always the idea and my mom is usually the only one who like is willing to break past these walls and like Mm -hmm. say what's on her mind and it's like i definitely feel like i'm like that too but it's also like you're the daughter. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't say shit. You know, respect your elders. Yeah, which is a huge thing in a lot of cultures, specifically black culture, and even more specifically Nigerian culture. It's always listen to your elders. Mm-hmm. Don't talk back. Children are meant to be seen and not heard. All that kind of stuff. What is that like around the holiday times? Like being around a like you have a lot of a lot of Nigerian family members that come around around the holidays, right? Or is it more so from your mom's side, which is from the well, metro Detroit area? It's been really difficult these days because my mom's family is actually like scattered across the country, like people in Arizona, Ohio, Texas, Florida, Chicago. So 
they no one usually comes from my mom's side of the family and the okay. two people who lived in Michigan who were her clo- who were her brothers growing up are both past now mm-hmm. so they don't come up anymore obviously mm-hmm. and my dad's side of the family are just fucking crazy so we just don't have them over anymore oh okay but i know in the past that was definitely a a factor mm-hmm. what was that like like with your dad's side of the family it was very much more of the same of like mm-hmm. feeling i have to prove myself and like mm-hmm. my studies they would always always ask what are you studying how are mm-hmm. your grades and hiding more things like I know before I stopped seeing my grandfather who you know basically up until like maybe three or four or five years ago my dad's side of the family my grand my grandfather my grandmother a couple of um their children so my aunts and uncles and then their children and their children would all come over and it'd be like a full house every like Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. but around the time I think it was the year after I told my parents about what my grandfather was doing to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were just like, yeah, you're not seeing him anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, totally fine with that. Because like, I don't want to see him anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, it's weird because the whole family kind of revolves around my grandfather in a way. Mm Because he's like the oldest living Erebor. That's my last name, y'all. Oldest living Erebor that is like in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And just like in general, he's like the patriarch in a Mm -hmm. way so like when he stopped coming over then you know my grandma she works still even though she's like 75 um she was just like you know i don't want to bring that over here even though there's a lot of bitterness that was about to come out i'm like i'm not doing that i'm mad right now but But it's fine it's it's valid to be mad (sighs) you're right it's okay you're right because where else are you gonna be able to be mad if you're not be able to be mad here you're right and vulnerable you're right so I know this is another thing I do a lot. I tend to like temper myself mm-hmm. a lot, and that this is all tied to the other all the other stuff I've mentioned before. But yeah, basically, it just kind of dwindled. Like a whole mm-hmm. the family would come over, and it just kind of felt like okay, well, I guess I gotta focus on my immediate family now. Mm-hmm. And just like work with them. And it's just like yep, mm-hmm. that's it. And I guess it has been kind of nice in feeling like I don't have to prove myself as much mm-hmm. to more people. Yeah, but it's also like. I have to prove myself to less people, which means I have to make those, like, what I choose to prove myself with more important, Mm -hmm. you know, so, or, like, sound better Mm -hmm. than it actually is. I think it's really, uh, like, within, like, even your grandfather not coming around and, like, your family expecting you to be a certain person, it's all, like, like you said before, it's all about walls. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they choose to acknowledge certain things, but within doing so directly just ignore certain things seems like an entire facade mm-hmm. it just it reminds me of just everybody just sitting at a dinner table together wearing masks yeah that's kind of what and choosing who they take the mask off in front of at right. times if, right. if they ever even do take off the mask mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of like an inherent thing that we learn right. when we're around our family and we have to be either way too inauthentic or when we choose to be extremely authentic, then we're ostracized. Or like, you know, told that you have the spirit of the devil in you. The spirit. Somebody told you you have the spirit of the devil. <laughs> I in mean, you? not directly, but it kind of it, alluded you know, to the fact that you have the, the lingo. Of the devil yeah, it kind of, it kind of went into that. Yikes! But I don't know. There was this one time I was like, this was last year before they knew about like how deep all the shit was with like my depression. I was just really, really like exasperated. And my mom was just like kind of like screaming bible verses at me and i was like i don't i can't i can't i can't and then she's like that's the devil and i'm like i it's not the devil (laughs) it's a fucking inherent like mental disorder where you aren't allowed to do things that you physically want to but you're mentally being kept away from it like Mm -hmm. that's another thing that really annoys me is Mm -hmm. families not fucking just take into the consideration that i come from you and whatever i feel is valid because it comes from somewhere what i'm feeling is for a reason Mm -hmm. and if you were put through what i'm going through i'm sure you would feel the same way because we're cut from a similar cloth it's always for me it's been a fear which this makes me mad it's a fear of like not having anything to come from and actually i talked to you about this before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i've never really known who i am it's no time soon i'm gonna know who i am you're never really gonna know who you are but Mm -hmm. you you learn things about yourself and i feel like i haven't learned enough about myself Mm -hmm. to actually just have something to hold on to it's very transient it's Mm -hmm. very just it's always moving 
And so when it comes to wanting to know who you are, you turn to the people you come from. But when you can't even turn to the people you come from because mm-hmm. they are devoid of emotional, you know, just literacy or intimacy or, you know, they're not there because on my father's side of the family, my father, my grandmother and my grandfather, all on my father's side have passed on. Mm-hmm. Only people who are left are my, you know, my brothers and sisters. And they aren't always emotionally literate enough to understand me when I come to them and I say my biggest fear is just not knowing mm-hmm. where I come from. The farthest I can trace my family back to is Tunica, Mississippi, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything else from there. And now when it comes to my mom's side of the family, I kind of see a mirror image of my father's side of the family. There's like spotty hoes. People are passing away. People are being separated. I have three brothers and one sister. Two of those brothers I haven't seen in like five plus years. Mm-hmm. I talk to my oldest brother and sister on occasion, you know, holidays, birthdays, so maybe, maybe twice, three times a year. Mm -hmm. But there's still like a disconnection. And I guess it it makes me mad that at one point I was so immersed in my family that they annoyed the hell out of me because the small things they did annoyed Mm -hmm. me. Now it's annoying me that there's this large disconnect and I feel like it's nothing I can personally do about it because we found this out. Maybe about a week ago, you can't you can't organize an entire group of people to do what you want. It's it's, it's not it's not logical. Or even like, not even about like doing what you want. It's more like you can't. It's you can't orchestrate a movement. I, I suppose. Yeah. You can't orchestrate you know a whole group of people to do something when you don't even know what it is that you want them to do right you know and i don't really even know what it is i want my family to do if Mm -hmm. my family were all in this room right now i don't really know what we would talk about (laughs) you know i'd just be upset with the fact that i don't really know y'all and y'all don't know me and because i don't know me i don't know y'all right and uh this all goes back to inauthenticity because i feel like i'm always not my authentic self because I don't know what that is. Right, right. Which I didn't even plan on going into that tangent about my family, but I, mean, I did. It applied. You know? It applied. I mean, yeah. it applied. That's yeah. what it, that makes me more so emotional than mad. But there's like an anger behind it where Still it's kind of just yeah. like, <laughs> but um, that's that's the familial side of things. Mm-hmm. I think we touched on everything there, and the most part, yeah. this kind of. It's funny because this past Thanksgiving, my uncle brought a white woman over. Really? Well, yeah, he brought a white woman with him. <laughs> yeah, who they're not together, actually, but this leads me into allies. She didn't really say anything that uh, reminded me of her allyship. She was just very cordial and spoke about very, like, normal things, the weather, geography, mm. sports, I don't know. But when it comes to being an ally to black people, what does that look like what it what is it how do you do it appropriately and also remembering you're not supposed to look to us as black people as a owner's guide to being a successful ally mm-hmm. you just you just because the nuance is different exactly the thing is it's like i feel like it's partly is, common sense to yeah. just not be a horrible person yeah um Sometimes. you'd be surprised you would be surprised mm-hmm. depending on where you go yeah but yeah but set up, set up the set up the theme for us. So shifting from familial anger into the anger that we we experience from random white people in the world who tell us to get out of their bike lane and also indirectly call us nigger while explaining that once upon a time the word nigger was painted on the side of their trailer when they were living down south. These are very specific moments that yes. happened within the past two weeks. Yes, that both happened to us simultaneously. <laughs> um, right, right. How do you feel about the, the, the just explain the story. Explain the theme Which for one? us. Oh, the, just the white whole woman one. from Aldi today. So today, me and Justin went to Aldi in Highland Park. Just He could get some stuff, you know, to cook with, to live life to you know sustain himself yes and when we were in the checkout there's this older white woman behind us and she seemed pretty talkative and you know like yeah i don't have an issue with people talking in public places to me sometimes (laughs) i just gotta be in the right mood but basically i don't remember what she said first but she started talking to us about like how she loves detroit and how she loves black people and how like stuffy and suck up white people are and how she just like you know oh you know black people are so great um and she said she was from germany Mm -hmm. which is uh 
slow, small, small rant I'll go on a lot of the time because I've been to Europe lol once and had some experiences with white people that are very similar to the one I'm about to describe. And um, she was just very, very emphatic about like, yeah, black people are great. And, you know, I just wish white people would be better. Like this one time she used to live in the South and she was recounting a time where someone had sprayed the N-word on some garage door. Was it her garage door? I believe so. Okay, it was on her garage door. And in explaining it, she said, oh, they, they, they spelled the word nigger. And she said it hard R to both of us standing there. I felt the discomfort from both of us. And she just kept going to be like, oh, you, you racist, ignorant motherfucker, get out of here. And I was like, you know, when I, I don't understand know, your sentiment, but yeah. you using that word in front of me is also not OK, even if right, it's, it's like, kind of like you coming home and telling your parents that your friend like called you a fuckwat, but repeating the word fuckwat to your when parents. You know, when you know you're not supposed to cuss. You're not supposed to cuss in front of your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you're supposed to respect me as mm-hmm. a human, and you're not supposed to say a racially charged slur. Even if it wasn't you saying it, or you writing it, or you just using it at all. Because we know what you mean yeah. by just saying that. You and, not, and not that you were trying to actively disrespect me. It's just like those boundaries that I feel like exactly. people who claim to be allies and claim to be such lovers of black yes. people. I just... felt like she put her arm around my shoulder without me really asking Did for she? to be there. No, that's oh, how I felt. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I didn't yeah. miss that. That's how I felt Unconsented within her saying, yeah. Thing. yeah, and that's what I felt. I feel like you were like, you were touching that word without my permission, which you will never have my permission right. to it's use a, that word exactly. as a white person ever. And even like the whole um, thing with just uncomfortable she really put herself into our space as black people mm-hmm. like talking about how much she loves black people and it's like we didn't ask yeah i didn't really we didn't care ask. if you hated or loved black people and i feel like when i left i remember saying white people just always want to be down they do and it reminds me that's another form of inauthenticity like you having to prove to me how down you are, how down mm. for the cause you are, how much you love black people, how much you respect black people, that shows me that you still don't necessarily even understand what it is to treat me like a human. It also because just... you're putting me on a pedestal. Right. You're putting me on something that I don't want to be on. Just respect me as the human that I am and understand that I have a different background than you mm-hmm. and respect the fact that when I don't want you to use a racially charged slur in front of me, you don't do that shit. It's and disrespectful. Even, right. And even on top of that, it's like whenever a white person pulls that whole like oh i love black people so much fuck white people shit i mean sometimes you can't be on that fuck white people shit no matter what race you are because white supremacy is a beast but it screams of like validate me validate me you know and it's like we're not here to validate your like goodness which is what i feel like it was yeah that's what really angered us is the fact that it was kind of like just give me a black card. Just say by the end of this conversation, I'm invited to the cookout. Right. Like, we need to stop giving these passes to cookouts. Yeah, I never got that. I'm like, yeah. y'all, y'all see one white girl who has a little bit of rhythm, and she's invited to the cookout like, <clears throat> at Black Men. Um, one, like, white person who just, like, says something that you can, like, agree with as a black person. Taps and... Mike. Racism is bad, <laughs> black people. Oh, <laughs> you invited to the cookout. You invited to the cookout? You know, like... <laughs> It's just, and one thing, this is a whole nother side note, and I feel like we can move on from it anyways, is I'm tired of white people or just people who aren't of color, or just, you know, not not even people who aren't of color, people who aren't black thinking that black people can be racist. Mm. Black people cannot be racist. Racism is a form of just... It's a systemic power move. It's a systemic, there you go, it's a systemic power move, and black people cannot benefit from racism because we cannot... I was going to say justifiably, but not. we cannot actively oppress anyone. We can be prejudiced. We can be prejudiced. Anybody can be prejudiced. Everyone can be prejudiced. That's I'm prejudiced against fucking... White girls. <laughs> you know what? Low-key, that's my truth. Like, every time I see a white girl, I just automatically feel like somehow she's going to just, like, try to make a sexually suggestive, suggestive comment about, oh, you're tall, you're black, and you're skinny. You know what that means. Mm. Like, because it's me. it's always like a very soft undertone within the it's it's just a sexual tension. Mm. It is, and I can't deny it. It's just there, and I'm not really into it. I'm just like, please stop. But you can always pick up on it. I can always pick up on it, mm-hmm. and even if you're a white woman who has never done that to me, there's a power dynamic within a black male talking to a white woman, platonically, amorously, whatever it is. There's a power dynamic there that I don't really like because. <sighs> 
about gender rules and laws and everything but for a woman to there's just levels to this shit the, the, yeah it's like for a white woman to have so, yes for a white woman to have just so much power and control and i don't know a, a classist stature over my position in this world mm -hmm. it makes me uncomfortable mm -hmm. so whenever i'm approached by a white woman my boss is a white woman but <laughs> i know how to approach her i know how to be the the, the yes -um individual oh, no. sometimes i do and yeah. sometimes that's just about tucking your black edges and being able to come home with money but other yeah, times you know when you're approached by this is a great example i was taking leah home one night and we were walking into her apartment as we were opening the door a white woman and a black woman were coming out and the white woman said have you heard lemonade by beyonce to who the black girl yes funny I laughed so hard once we closed the door and it wasn't just that she said have you heard lemonade she had by to, beyonce? she had to say by beyonce like there was more than one lemonade and like there's more than one beyonce like there's more than one important visual album mm -hmm. <laughs> called lemonade mm -hmm. and it was just something and the black girl she kind of glanced at both of us and i could see her soul being sucked <laughs> out of her body and i don't know it was just i don't know how that directly just like goes back to just white women are so powerful that they could just be as ignorant as they want and i know that i'm not allowed to be ignorant so i that angers me and it makes me bitter because i am not allowed to be as free as you naturally are able to be free meaning just ignorant and f free of care and you can make any mistake that you want mm -hmm. and there will be no consequence if not no consequence not and if there's a consequence yeah. just cry you'll be fine it's cry crocodile or, tears you know blame a white woman that she cries and says she's sorry i'm over it's it. like oh precious precious white woman I'm over it. yeah as a women's studies major at a university that is like what 80 percent white i very much identify with that mm -hmm. whole like white women getting passes mm -hmm. for lots of things i've never ever 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 identified with white women mm -hmm. It's funny because I'll hear like stories of black girls growing up around a bunch of white women feeling like they have to be like the white girls or like wishing they were like, like looked like a white girl. That was just never me. And I don't know why. I was just like, y'all ain't checking for me. Mm -hmm. I'm checking for me. And it's like, you know, the insecurities do come in at certain points when, especially when it's like you're still growing and you're like, well, maybe I should. And you start rethinking it. But white girls are always out for their for their own mm -hmm. <laughs> for the most part yeah just like you know pretty much everyone else is so except when it comes for black to the women. whole feminism movement within oh white god women, yeah because white feminism and black feminism are two two different things mm -hmm. and like i think that really hit home this year with the, the um, women's march mm -hmm. because there was just such a white cis hetero oh let's burn our bras because that's oppression kind of shit mm -hmm. i've seen in a while and like the thing with the pussy hats mm -hmm. which is also like you know low-key transphobic but um it's just they were the loudest ones there mm -hmm. when most of the people who would be affected first and most by like the things they were protesting do not look like them yeah. are not from their social status and that also annoys me because like recently i had a conversation at work with two black men and two black women about feminism and i asked him how do you feel about feminism a cook at my job how did you do that you know because <laughs> i was just on my blacks or blues flow and i just wanted to talk about stuff i okay, guess okay. and he said i don't understand feminism i think it's pointless and i think feminism is dangerous i think it's bad and i'm like did you ask him about what he thought about racism no next time do that too especially with black men it's mm -hmm. very very interesting the kind because of that's what i was kind of touching on i was like how can you not respect and even like think of feminism as a valid idea mm -hmm. feminism is basically just one woman empowerment and women being equal to men and he was like how can you sit here and actively tell me that women are equal to men you were, then he pointed at me and i'm like if you don't know me you've never seen me i'm very skinny <laughs> I am probably six feet tall. Um, I don't work out. So, you a big ass man, and you telling me that you equal to that woman over there? You can go back there and pick up some big ass box right now. She can't do that. There are women out there who can probably pick me up. Yeah. 
So like yeah. I need this whole like reoccurring fucking bullshit narrative of women can't do the same thing men do to stop. Okay, like there are slightly different things when it comes to our g- genetics. Which but even that is like women get women are bodybuilders. Women like what the hell? Women are police officers. Women can hold the same position in society. Women as in the men. military. Which is, you know, another issue with all like imperialism and shit, but it still just speaks to the idea that, yeah, if you have a body that enables you to do so, why should it matter what gender you are? And it's just like stop this whole inferi- inferiority thing. Like yeah. women can be equal to us he's like nah i don't see that like and then you know just the way i was raised i think women you know men should be the head of the house and women should take care of the kids and cook and clean and blah 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 and i'm just like oh my gosh and you're a millennial too and i'm like i just really thought we could be progressive these days but apparently not oh no these and, parents be teaching their and kids then we're sitting there talking and i see two black women i'm like okay please, can y'all come over here because i really just i need black women to be in on this because i i <laughs> I've always been the black male around other black men, not even like advocating for women because I'm not even trying to sound like I'm this down ally for women because that's just in my nature. I respect women. I respect men. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like I'm the one around men who like have some common sense and like, oh, no, women are human, too. And um, yeah, uh, gender roles, that's bullshit. You can be whatever you want. Women can work full time jobs and their husbands can stay at home or mm-hmm. guess what they can both work full time jobs or do whatever the hell they want mm-hmm. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and so they come over and they're like well we're not necessarily feminist and I'm like why what's stopping you from even like I mean you don't have to be feminist you don't even have to like you have su- to even identify yeah you don't that. even have to identify or like succumb to a box or, or a, a label I'm mm-hmm. just saying what what is feminism to you why don't you agree with it right and then he goes well feminism like to me I picture it's like being brawless and wearing a wife beater and and not having shaved in months and drinking a 40 and I'm like so basically when you think of feminism you're thinking of a woman trying to achieve masculine tendencies mm-hmm. you're and then he used the word entitlement he was like feminism is basically giving women false entitlement like they're entitled to certain things like women can like go out here and fuck all these dudes and do anything they want when that's what men can do and I was like, okay, can you please explain more of that to me? He was like, just the, the way vaginas function. Like, you can't just have too many penises. In how there. is he going to fucking describe how a vagina works when you don't even know what? Fu- and he's like, with me, you know, uh, you can't really tell when a man loses, a man loses their virginity. You, can, you, you can't know. tell when a woman loses her virginity. The cherry popping thing is a myth. I'm sorry. The, my women's studies is coming out. It's coming out. I feel like it's not the best major for me, but I still have internalized certain shit. The hymen is a part in like the vaginal area that can be broken through many other activities that are not sexual that's true so it does not continue sometimes it breaks <laughs> without even like sexual anything sexual being done yeah. anyway so you know basically he was just like men and women are completely different creatures which i agree with but when it comes creatures? to like that double standard of women and this goes into a whole another thing that i actually want to go into because tangents are fun and let's move which I feel like the reason why a lot of people don't like and why a lot of people do like the new series on Netflix, She's Gotta Have It. Mm-hmm. Because it's about, if you've seen the original movie, I haven't. Um, it's a Spike Lee film, well, a Spike Lee joint, <laughs> um, about a black woman who has just got to have it. <laughs> she is in uh, three sexual, four sexual relationships with three men and one woman of color. They're all of color, like three men of color and one woman of color. And she reserves the right to not tie herself down or uh, practice monogamy with any of these people. And I appreciate her for that. A lot of people within the way she carries out her relationships with these different people and how inconsiderate she can be. That's why a lot of people dislike her and the show. I dislike the show because I don't like Spike Lee. He oftentimes depicts the derogatory sides of blackness, but that's neither here nor there. Basically, I'm just saying a lot of people within that conversation, somebody said, well, I like that show because it shows what it's like for a woman to finally do what a man does. And that's real. And that I almost called him a fry cook. (laughs) (laughs) That guy, he in return said, I just don't think women should do that. I think women should just be decisive and find their one man because it's women are always talking about I just want to find my one man who will be faithful and reliable but you still want to be out here and fuck all these men and go through it I didn't necessarily understand that I don't really I, know I don't how understand put, yeah. how those things are the same person 
Yeah. Because those are literally two totally different ideologies. Like the person I mean, who said, but like I understand, like okay, that's like me. I put, I try to put it on my own shoes. Mm-hmm. I want to find the person that I'm meant to be with this in this life and mm-hmm. fall in love and X Y Z. But while I'm searching for that person, I'm also gonna fulfill my sexual needs. I'm gonna have sex with as many people as I want, which is real. And like you said, what what men do already. So. Yeah, and that's what men. So when a woman does what men already do, it's an issue. That makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Got a lot to be mad about. Anything else you mad about? I think I think that was pretty much it for me. Cool. Like you know, at least today, you know, there's, there's always things, but you know, I think the brunt of the things that have been on my mind have been expressed for the most part. Uh, maybe there's a there's a couple other things, but we don't we don't have to record them in one session. Yes, because what y'all mad about is a continued series. Um, where we talk about what we're mad about. Uh, last thing I really just want to touch on before we get out of here is the, um, we already touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but the creation of what y'all mad about as an actual segment <laughs> series, um, something that you created. Um, black women are amazing, y'all. And this black woman <laughs> that I'm talking to, she basically created this whole idea, this whole show, um, this whole segment with a simple uh take it away a drawing that i saw on instagram <laughs> yeah um so even before the drawing i have been a twitter addict for too long it's been better lately but it's still not great and for a while on twitter i was gonna say hi Alyssa. like <laughs> twitter uh, twitter holics anonymous yeah you might as well everyone say hi Alyssa. Uh, don't say hi, don't talk you. to me <laughs> um but um basically there was this trend going around where people would post like clearly selfies or like irrelevant things and with the description what y'all mad about today Mm -hmm. and people would either quote it quote tweet it or like reply with something they were like legitimately mad about like someone was saying like if you got an iphone apple music should be free and it's like that's a whole rant Mm. you know it really is that's true and people would just say all kinds of stuff and it was really it's really interesting to see thing to see because you could see like just the, those simple questions on a platform like Twitter, mm-hmm. where people, every, so many people can see your thoughts, people would just sound off things that they just would not say to other people in real life sometimes, and they would get like identification with that. And I just started thinking about that phrase a lot because it's like, you know, there's a lot I'm mad about. It really is. So I did this drawing series a few months later, and I just drew a bunch of little, like, you know, black characters as I usually do, just like venting about stuff they didn't that they were mad about you know like whether it's like ancient niggas or the state of the u.s and how it was built upon foundations that are like leading to its collapse or like you know not being able to find a job because you need to go to college but to get to college you need money and need money then you get a job or you know just all kinds of stuff yep and i just i drew it and then like a month later i was flipping through my sketchbook and i was like oh okay well might as well post this on Instagram. I haven't posted anything in a while. And people really responded to it, especially Justin. Yours truly. <laughs> he was like really, really. She had me all the way. <laughs> Red. Red me, me to filth. Let me tell you, there was a nine. He left nine comments <laughs> on that picture. One after another. The world's biggest fanboy when it comes to my friends. Oh, I appreciate it. Likewise. But yeah. And then I was like, oh, there could be something here. So, you know. And from there, we started talking about the idea of Blacks of Blues has gone through so many states and forms, and it's always forever changing. But one thing that I found to be an interesting concrete pillar to rest our name on is the fact that Black people have a narrative to tell. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. always been with this this podcast slash environment. Not a collective. Vibe. A vibe. Space. Environment. Exactly. That's horrible. environment Ooh, sounds like a pale diet right anyways that's what this has always been about Mm -hmm. is us being able to tell a valid narrative from our point of views without it being skewed or judged or uh, misrepresented or misinterpreted Mm -hmm. it's always just a safe space for us to come out and say whatever you want to say and so i thought one of the first episodes that we should record and our resurgence of this whole thing is 
what we're mad about is black people. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we got to do that today. Yeah. It was really important for me to do that because uh, there's a whole lot more that we're actually mad about. Mm-hmm. But we had to start somewhere. We couldn't just like uh, let y'all into the race war that's currently taking place <laughs> on U of M's campus right now. And Alyssa is battling that as a black woman with a few black faces around her. It's, it's a whole series, you guys. So we are going to be back another time to speak more on that and other issues that make us mad with other people who are of color mm-hmm. mostly black yeah but of color you know and um if you would like to let us know what makes you mad mm-hmm. hit us up at blacks with blues on instagram blx dot w, w. dot b l u e Yes. Or if you just type in blacks with blues, it's not that difficult. And um, you can also hit us up separately. Alyssa. Alyssa Osasere on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr. It's A-L-Y-S-S-A-O-S-A-S-E-R-E. No spaces. And you know me, I'm Justin Jones, your host of Blacks with Blues. It's <laughs> uh, a bunch of numbers in my name, but if you just type in Justin Jones, you'll find me. But it's also zero one. One two one four, underscore underscore. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. That's a whole. <laughs> Got to post story. it in link or something. Yeah, like I in the description box. I'll be telling people I found God on that date, but no, <laughs> I did not find God on that date. Anyways, mm-hmm. this has been Alyssa Cesare, and I'm your host Justin Jones. Mm-hmm. Any last words before we get out of here? No, I think I'm set. I'm just looking forward to more sessions. Me too. Mm-hmm. This is what it sounds like to be black, mad, and uh, with the blues that was pretty one two But it sets in the west Mr. Cube said it best And it still rings true to this day I'm grateful just to wake up Great smog on the skyline It's like a blanket So why embrace it all? If these walls could talk Conversation would span Three generations long The history's still strong here Palm trees paint the perfect backdrop here Plenty people, different views Same street, different shoes Crooked cops, old news But if some do good is here too We almost came close to a truce Between the red and the blue Change coming in the sky Watch the planes come in Weather's nice but the culture is rich The beaches and the benzes ain't nothing We a breed of proud people And you will never know we're struggling It's where community still means more than the green A church and a liquor store on every street Where Los Angeles wrong Remember Magic and Kareem Where the OGs first said F the police, my city same lights, different city. I looked at nothing's missing. No, I can't tell the difference at all. Y'all, nothing don't change but area codes, accents, and clothes. I suppose we the same, ghettos don't change. And we all smoke the green, just the Cali more potent. But the rims on that thing still move slow in. We might see snow in the winter, but remember, the streets still cold. And the flow still go like night one day read. And we all got that famous chicken place we go eat. From Roscoe's to the boat to the chucks on your feet. We rock nights over here, but we walk the same streets. Even in the concrete, they dreams no more unique than mine. No, I ain't lying. We all on the same grind. Joe Button, my mind. Slaughter the house is white, cause a nigga in it might be the smartest prezzy alive. Racism alive. No matter what set you claim, we all trying to get by. It's all the same damn thing in every city. I think we only six foes and hitting switches Even when I venture outside city limits It's still the same setup But only thing that's different are the people in it The food and the laws and the women And the spots where the hit people And all the tourists visit The local heroes still shine like prisons Working hard so they fam to have their own business One day they say it ain't nothing that's quite like home And I do believe it's true Give me a window seat and a pair of headphones You still ain't nothing new Spread love from the 909 All the way to the 323 Yo, I know we all gonna shine Hit the NC And everywhere in between The same light show Same lights, different city I looked at nothing's missing No, I can't tell the difference at all